Hi, this is Peter Diamandis here with Dan Sullivan. Welcome to Exponential Wisdom. Hi, Dan. How you doing, Peter? Peter, one of the projects that I'm entirely excited about, and I know more than 100 of the Strategic Coach 10 times participants already signed up for it, is Human Longevity, the HLI Center, an institute that you and Craig Venter have created in Southern California, soon to spread around the world. Can you bring us up to data where that is? Because this is so cutting edge in the whole field of medicine and science and healthcare. I think the one subject that when I start talking about it in any way in Strategic Coach, everybody's ears open up. They're so excited and interested in this subject. Sure. I mean, Human Longevity, Inc.'s a a company that I co-founded with Craig Venter and Bob Hariri. Craig, as many folks might remember, is one of the most brilliant scientists, entrepreneurs on the planet. He sequenced the first human genome in 2001, 3.2 billion letters from his genome. And after that, 10 years later, he created the first synthetic life form as part of a company called Synthetic Genomics. And then I approached him and another dear friend of mine, Bob Hariri. Bob's an MD-PhD Navy fighter pilot, created the first placental stem cell lines. And he is the CEO of Celgene Therapeutics. Celgene's a $100 billion company. Approached Craig and Bob and said, hey, it's time. It's time for us to really make a dent in human longevity. And we formed HLI about two years ago. We announced it 14 months ago, 15 months ago in, in the spring of 2014, and it's just been exploded. We have almost 200, probably 200 people on staff right now. And the magic sauce of human longevity and something that all of us should realize is that science and technology has given us the ability to understand really your genome, and your genome is your destiny to a large degree. And so we have built in La Jolla the world's largest genome sequencing facility, a company called Illumina builds the fastest, most accurate genome sequencers. We're Illumina's largest client and customer. They're an investor twice over in our company. Dan, you and Babs have joined as part of this program we put together that a number of 10x clients have joined and a number of the Abundance 360 executives, actually about two-thirds that were in last year's program, have joined. And when you come into what we call our HLI Health Nucleus that's the name we've given it, the health nucleus. You come in, we sequence your genome, but not just your genome, the 3.2 billion letters from your mother and the 3.2 billion letters from your father. We do what we call haplotype phasing. We then sequence your microbiome. We'll talk about the microbiome in a second. We do a full MRI that looks in high resolution of the structures of your brain and your body. They look at the 2,300 chemicals in your bloodstream we gather your phenotypic and your medical records, and all of that gets put into a massive integrated health record that represents you. Mm-hmm. And then we do that not only for you, but for right now, tens of thousands by end of the year into next year, hundreds of thousands, and in the next few years, millions of people. And this creates a massive data set. And as we've spoken about before, data is the key. And mm-hmm. we're going to mine that data to understand and say, listen, everyone with this disease had this genome sequence, but if you had this genome as well, it protected you from this disease. And it's just a matter of making health preventative and predictive on a massive level. Peter, I know just by the nature of who you are, you're always fascinated with anything that's new, bigger, and different. 
offers real breakthroughs, and you do that on a professional level. But can you give me some of your personal interest in this and maybe even family history or things that have really made this a passion for you? Because I have my own thoughts about this that we've discussed at Strategic Coach. But where's this figure with you personally, what age you are right now, and how you're looking at this as the fundamental foundation for everything that you want to do in the future? I'm happy to do that, Dan, if you return in kind and tell me, because it's a great story on that side, too. So I'm 54 years old right now. I was born in 1961, the year that JFK said, let's go to the moon, the year that Yuri Gagarin was the first human to space. And I grew up in a medical family, went to medical school, mostly become an astronaut. But while I was in medical school, the realization was, damn, the body is a machine and there are reasons why we age, but no reasons why we can't change the fact that we age. Hmm. And I remember reading about and learning about uh, species of sea turtles and whales that live hundreds of years. And I said, if they can, why can't we? And I made a commitment back, I was at Harvard Med School at the time, I said, my target is 700-year lifespan, which is sort of a ridiculous number, right? Ridiculous in that if you can live that long, you can live forever. But just the notion of a commitment to human longevity, and I do believe that in the next decade, and our mission here at Human Longevity is to make 100 years old the new 60, meaning at 100 years old, you should have the aesthetics, you look great, you have the mobility, you can move, and the cognition to think that you do at 60. The goal is add 30 or 40 healthy years on a person's life. So that's been my background that sort of made that commitment, and human longevity is the means by which I'm going to do this. What about you? I approach everything as a strategic coach and how I think about the world that the differential between people is mindsets. And one of the things, I mean, I've got some personal history. I actually have pretty good genes in my family, you know, grandparents in the 80s and 90s. I was just home for a family reunion, and I've got five siblings, and they're all in their 60s and 70s and in good health. So I think genetically, I've got probably some good cards in my deck on that front. But what I really became more conscious of is the degree to which mindset actually determine people's longevity possibilities. In other words, I think that if people think that they should die at a certain age and they've thought that thought for 40 years, they'll probably respond to the thought. So I just began this as an experiment in the 1980s. I said, you know, I was born in 1944, and, you know, I'd like to live a complete century, but it can't be the 20th century, so I guess it's going to have to be the 21st century. That would make me 156. I'll review that whole 700 thing that you're doing when I get closer to 100 as we get more benefits from HLI. But what I've noticed is that I've been thinking this way now going on almost 30 years, and it's a natural thought for me. And what I've noticed is that when I got to 70, especially last year, I was aware of the fact that I'd lived 70 years, but I had none of the mindsets that I've noticed in other 70-year-olds. And at the same time, and this is where the HLI thing becomes so important, Peter, is that because I have this commitment, and I know you're a big guy, I'm making commitments that have a huge impact, because I have this commitment to 156, my brain is looking for any possible capability, resource, 
that's going to assist in the completion of that goal. And therefore, what I see, what I read, what I listen to, and everything else, I take in an enormous amount of information that I would see as beneficial for the project. So it fit in perfectly where I was going, but it was faith. Basically, to a certain extent, you're going on faith. And then I have faith that if I say a goal for myself, the means are going to appear. And then, of course, Peter Diamandis came into my life and bang, not only is there knowledge there, but there's the actual means with HLI. (laughs) Dan, let me echo what you're saying. Mindset, for everybody listening here, mindset is probably the most important thing. If you think you're going to live to 60 or 70 or 80, then you're doing yourself a disservice because I believe that my mindset keeps me absolutely youthful. It is probably the most important thing I have is a fundamental belief in my ability to have extreme longevity, and it changes the way I feel, the things I take on. You know, there's an interesting stat that I find, and people can Google this, is that the average age of death following retirement So it turns out that retirement is probably the worst thing you can possibly do. And anyone thinking about retirement, my answer to you would be, please don't. It doesn't mean you should stay with the same job you have. You can go and find something you're passionate of. But to retire, to go sit home and do nothing, really is a death sentence. And the numbers are some huge majority of people die within five years of retirement. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen those numbers, but they're extraordinary. Well, the one that I saw, which, you know, is 20 years old, but in the late 1990s, they did a complete survey of everybody who had received a Social Security check in the United States. So Social Security started in 1937. So this was roughly 60 years later. And as of the late 90s, the average payout per person who went on to Social Security was 29 months. Yeah, which is scary. Just to review some of the numbers, and we talked about this on an earlier show, but the reason that we die, the age we do right now, is to some degree programmed into our genes because the majority of all human existence, for Homo sapiens existence, people would enter puberty at the age of 13, at which point they would have a child, and that child, they would help it grow up. And at the age of 13, that child would have a child, and you'd become a grandparent. And back hundreds of thousands and millions of years ago, at that point, the most useful thing you could do for your tribe was to die (laughs) and stop eating the food of your grandchild and put your bits, if you would, back into the ecosystem. So for all of human history, as you pointed out, Dan, last time, the average age was 26. Mm Mm-hmm. You talked about records from the Roman probate, which I found Mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah, there were lots of reasons. First of all, infant mortality was very, very high. And we don't appreciate how peaceful a time that we actually live in. I mean, the vast majority of people certainly are going to be listening to our podcasts here live in, from a historical standpoint, we live in remarkably safe and healthy conditions compared to what existed even 200 years ago. And what happened after was, you know, you look at the numbers, and in the 1800s, early 1800s, the number went from 26 way up to 28. And then what happened was better sanitation came in, the germ theory came in, and we doubled the human lifespan. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that three things kill you as a first-world individual. Heart disease will strike most people in their 50s and 60s. If that doesn't get you, cancer gets you next. 
And if that doesn't get you, then Alzheimer's or neurodegenerative disease gets you in your 80s. And so when you look at the continual extension of the human lifespan, this is what we're working on at HLI, cardiac disease, actually, we've made incredible strides in cardiac disease with medicines that reduce cholesterols, our ability to detect clots, ability to do bypass surgery, all of these things. So we've really reduced heart disease and blood pressure elements and so forth that have extended the human lifespan into the 60s and 70s. I believe we're going to see amazing breakthroughs in cancer. I mean, it's happening right now. Vaccines and viral treatments and a number of different technologies that are on hand. I think that we have the ability to really take care of cancer over this next decade. And then that brings us well into our 80s and 90s. The challenge is that today, in at least the United States, 50% of people who get to age 85 have Alzheimer's or neurodegenerative disease. They have some type of dementia, and it gets higher from there. And so we're going to learn a lot about what causes that dementia and how to prevent it. There's some amazing drugs right now in stage three clinical trials. And then it's a matter of can we get past what has been for most of history the oldest humans on the planet, which have been 120. 122 is the record right now. And a living person, 126 mm -hmm. is, I think, might, maybe the ultimate record. And we're going to understand this at going back to human longevity because we're going to understand why some people get neurodegenerative, get mm -hmm. cancer, why some people live longer than others. And we're going to basically decipher the genes for longevity and that protect you and allow you to grow old. And that's the first half of the equation. Mm -hmm. The second half of the equation at HLI is where my dear friend Bob Hurry comes in. And I know that for my Abundance 360 members who join my monthly webcast, we've just done a, a webinar with Dr. Hariri. And Bob's one of the leading world scientists in stem cells. And as it turns out, stem cells are the regenerative engine of your body. So I have four-year-old twin boys, and my boys have coursing through their bodies, as all kids, anybody with children here has those, a ample supply of stem cells. And these stem cells... Basically, anytime there's damage in bone, in cartilage, in skin, in, in heart, in whatever it might be, brain, these stem cells are able to go to that site of damage and differentiate into the right cells and repair. An amazing thing that Bob talks about is the notion that one of the miracles today of medicine is that if you have a child in utero and you did surgery, actually some situations in which you will open up a pregnant mother's womb and go into the embryo and do cardiac repair in utero, surgically. And when that baby is born a few months later, there's no scars, there's no sign at all that any surgery had ever taken place because the stem cells coursing through the placenta and through the cord blood there repair the baby perfectly. And it turns out that those stem cells are our regenerative engine. It's, if you think about like having a, a repairman in your body in a mansion that can re repair everything. But as we age, two things happen. One, our stem cell population gets depleted. And two, the stem cells in our body undergo these epigenetic changes, insertions, deletions, mutations, and they become unable to perfectly repair the body. And so one of the things that Human Longevity is working on with our stem cell side of our business is how to re rejuvenate your stem cell population, repopulate it, correct the mutations, and allow it to continue to make you feel and look amazing. 
Yeah, you know, Peter, it's kind of like there's two factors here. There's you as an individual going to HLI, and I'm talking to the listener here, and that's going to be probably one of the most remarkable doorways that people are going to walk to as they go into their future. That's one huge thing that's going to happen at HLI. But the other thing which really, really came home to me so powerfully when we were at Abundance 360 last January when Craig Venter was on stage, just the sheer importance of having millions and millions and millions of the sequencings. And the reason is because the big data attached to this particular area of science will probably be the single most important big data on the planet. We are truly mining the most critical and most valuable database on the planet. I mean, you think about millions of individuals, all of their records. One of the things we're doing at HLI as well is we're doing stem cell banking for newborns. So when a baby is born, anybody listening to this podcast, if you are pregnant or are planning to have children, one of the things you must do is plan to bank their stem cells. I did it for my two boys. It's like, I think we're getting to a point where it's not morally right for you not to bank their stem cells. And when people bank their children's stem cells, we sequence that child. We also sequence the mother and the father. We have that trio. And then we can monitor that child's growth. And when they say their first words, when they have any colds, if they have any developmental delays or accelerations, and we will create this incredible database to understand the genomics of childhood and what meds work best for them. But we also have now a frozen, expanded population of stem cells for that child. So as that child starts to grow older into their 30s, 40s, 50s, you can return their youthful stem cells to them, and it's a way of extending their lives. So for you and I, Dan, we need to get our stem cells. You get it from an individual's fat. There are a few different places you can get it. We'll have to sort of correct those stem cells using genetic engineering, and there are technologies coming online right now, the Cas CRISPR system. But for children born today, they truly have the potential to live long enough to live forever, which is an amazing situation. Oof. You know, it's going to be interesting in the years ahead that you can have a conversation with your children that virtually no one has been able to have before that. I mean, that's one of the really interesting things when they get old enough and you can actually talk to them about the impact on their future of what has already started at HLI. Peter, we're going to check in with this one. And, you know, I think the progress at HLI is happening so quickly these days that probably every quarter every six months, we're just going to check in with the latest developments there. But I'm just sitting here absolutely eager. We're coming down near the end of the year to do our sequencing. And I'm so excited for Babs and I to get started on this. And I know that there's over 100 other of the Strategic Coach Abundance 360 participants who are also going to be doing that in the near future. Yeah, we're opening up the first we call Health Nucleus in La Jolla. It's going to be huge demand. We have interests to open up these health nuclei around the world in all the major cities. It's going to be the highest end health care that's possible. And what happens is when you enter the health nucleus and you have all of this work done for you, your microbiome, the data mining we do, you and your physician will constantly be getting updates on breakthroughs and how to improve the state of your health. So it's incredible and so excited for it. And I just want everybody here take away the following. First of all, mindset is critical. 
mindset is key. The second is the basics still rock, exercise, sleep, and eating healthy. Now we're going to replace that. And then we're going to start to be seeing a real understanding of the genomics of longevity and the stem cells of longevity. And those two areas are going to help take us to new records that we've never had before. You know, Peter and all those people who doubted us over the years, we're just going to outlive them. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm excited about our next Exponential Wisdom podcast. Dan, I think we agreed we're going to focus on a subject near and dear to my heart, which is making an impact on the world and what I call the impact pledge. I just wrote a blog about that. And I want to talk about it because it's really important to me. We have more billionaires on this planet than ever before. And how those billionaires and how all of us who are successful use our capital to change the world is important. What do you think? Good subject? Oh, yeah. It's going to be very exciting. And I have an impact pledge that I've made and you don't know about. So I'm going to actually tell you about (laughs) it in the next uh, when we get back on. Sounds good, Dan. A pleasure as always, my friend. Bye.